welcome to episode four of In Touch with iOS, a podcast for discussing Apple gear and tips for using it all in a fun, productive, and meaningful way. I am David Ginsberg, along with my co-host, Melissa Davis. There is always something new to learn, and we aim to bring that to you here. The start of our show is iOS, the operating system that runs on iPhone and iPad, and all the features that make it one of the most popular platforms in the world. We'll also talk about Apple Watch, Apple TV, sometimes Mac, and any other technologies that we use with our gear, whether it's challenging or it just works. Hi, Melissa. How are you today? Hey, Dave. I'm excited to be here again. I'm glad we're getting back yeah, into me- the swing of recording. We have so much to talk yeah. about. We do. And uh, I, I say I'm, I'm was so super thrilled Pete, that you and I were able to hook up and see each other in person. We, uh, we, you were having your spring break in Las Vegas, of all places, and I was in Las Vegas because I went to meet with my friends uh, for March Madness for my little vacation. So we got to meet up and uh, got to show you a few of those sites, but it looked like you had a lot more fun after I had left you. Uh, <laughs> Because you guys were tearing up the town after I uh, I had departed uh, well, for, actually, the, for the afternoon. I had so. a little bit of fun before we got together. Because remember who I did get to hang out with in addition to you? Oh yeah, Mr. Barry Falk, of Our course. Our friend Barry. <laughs> I just listened to your that episode on uh, yeah. the Black Eyes Only that was just released a little while ago, and it sounded really great. And I, I had to yeah. laugh. I was giggling. I was driving and I was listening to it. I wish you could have seen me giggling in the car because. Barry was talking about playing Pokemon Go. And when yes. we got together, what did we do? He was playing Pokemon Go with my little Keegan. And it was just so yeah. adorable. I'll have to send you some pictures of that. They were just, it was like they were speaking a whole new language together. It was really <laughs> cute. So, yeah. Unfortunately, I had to get into it. I'm sorry. <laughs> I just, I don't know. I, I, maybe one of these days. I, I just can't. Well, just, you I, know, we're going to see each other sorry. again in Chicago and you're going to have to deal with the this, boys. And so you're probably going to get an earful again. <laughs> 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 this is true. And we'll talk about that in a little later in the show about uh, MacStock. Yeah. Um, but uh, the other great thing, of course, being us Apple geeks that we are, we had to go to the Apple store. Now, I went to two Apple stores when I was in Vegas. Um, I went to the first one, which is in Caesars, Caesars Palace, the, uh, the forum shops, and that's where you and I went. And I also went to the store out in Summerland. I ended up buying a, 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 wa- a watch band okay. because they have the Nike... <laughs> They have the, were you ready? To, you ready to think I was going to buy like another iPad or something, right? I know. No, I, 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 I had a, to catch uh, my breath for a little bit there. I was like, "Oh, what did you buy now?" <laughs> no, I just was. I was good. I only spent forty nine dollars, and I got the uh, the, the Nike uh, uh, the Nike bands. They're selling them as a separate uh, a separate thing now. So um, I like it a lot. It's actually nice, uh, but. <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll, we'll get into that. But uh, the, one of the coolest things was is we actually met up with one of the greatest uh, genius guys at the Apple Store, Steve, in the Vegas store in the forum shop. We shall now be and, dubbed uh, Apple Store Steve. And we're going to call him Las Vegas Steve or Apple, Apple Store guy oh, Steve? Oh, Las Vegas uh, Steve? I don't know. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Uh, but we were able to, to actually meet up with him, and uh, he showed us that he actually is pictured on the rotating photos that are on their support website showing him giving a tip. So the, uh, not only did he let us take pictures with him, we uh, actually got to get, he actually gave us three tips that we didn't know about. And that's what's yeah. great about this show is because we always learning something new. I can never say I know everything. It's impossible. So, but I'm always learning something. We want to be able to share some of these new things with you. Um, 
Melissa, why don't you uh, tell everybody what the, the first tip was that we, uh, okay. that we learned? So this one is print to PDF. So have you ever been holding your iPhone and let's say, I, this is where this really comes in handy. I actually just did this not long ago. When I went on my last plane ride, there was a couple of articles, you know, I'm, I'm at the airport and I'm thinking, oh, I want to read this. Oh, I want to read this. But I wasn't going to, I wasn't going to fork over the, the hefty fee for the internet in, in the plane. So what I did was I made PDFs of the articles that I wanted to read. I actually put them in reader mode. You know how you can tap on the little lines next to the URL up at the top. And that gets rid of some of the ads sometimes. And then I converted them to PDFs. And what that does is then it stores it in your iBooks app. And then when you're offline, when you're not connected to the internet, you can go and read those articles to your heart's content. But Apple Store Steve or Las Vegas Steve, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to come to a consensus for that. <laughs> yep. He showed us an even easier way to create a PDF. And it goes something like this. When you have the page open, let's say you have you're on a website and you tap on the share button and you go to print it. Well, instead of having to look for an app or a third-party utility of some sort to go then save that to a PDF or even skipping the step of even sending it to iBooks, it's as simple as just pinching outward and it creates a PDF instantaneously. Like you know how you zoom right. out on a photograph? It's that gesture, pinching out to, to basically zoom in onto the page and you just kind of pinch out and let go and it creates a PDF. And it opens it right on, yeah. on your screen. Yeah. And what it does is when it opens up on your screen, you have um, the option just to print it. And mm -hmm. if you print it, it'll just basically go right like you're printing to a printer. You just print it and it, be and it becomes a PDF. And then you can send it to any of your favorite apps that, uh, that uh, save it to uh, as a PDF. Mm -hmm. yeah. Or just, you know, was, if you're uh, in a was, hurry and like I said, you know, your plane is yeah. boarding and, oh, you know, you quickly wanted to, to save that, that article for offline, you just pinched pinch it open and it turns into a PDF and then then you can just read it yeah, offline. It's, it's just so cool. It was like, but we'll Poof. put that in the show notes for sure. <laughs> and and I, all these tips will go in the show notes, of course. Yeah, we'll have, a, uh, I actually we'll, have annotated screenshots that I'm going to put in the show notes yeah, for you are, the visual You are the best. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a visual person, you know. I like to, oh, I like so to see I. pictures. <laughs> <laughs> you want to take the next one? This one is uh, audio and visual ways to ping your iPhone. Yeah, this was kind of cool. There's, uh, you know, the normal way, if you know, if, if for those of you who have an Apple Watch, if you scroll up on your watch, there is a button on there that looks with a phone with the little wires next to it saying that you're going to, you know, going to push that and it notifies your iPhone and rings it. So it tells you so you can find it. So it's a good way if you have it squished between the couch cushions or someplace you misplaced it, very easy to find it. I'm going to go ahead and ping it and play the sound so they can hear what that sounds like. Let's yeah, go ahead. And all it That's does is just ring it just that one time. It doesn't, you know, go on forever and yeah, ever and right. ever. So you have to do it a couple times. Yeah, you have to keep doing it. And uh, unlike when if you use Find My iPhone where it constantly is ringing until you, right. you find it. But another way you can do it is do a visual way of being able to find your phone. You can ping it uh, by holding the iPhone button on the watch. And what will happen is the, the, the light, the flash, uh, the flashlight will flash instead of make the ping sound. So you'll see the light flashing on and off. Um, so that was, uh, I was a really cool tip, uh, allowing you to be able to, uh, to visually see where the phone is as opposed to having to hear it. 
uh, with that paint. Yeah, because that torch is pretty darn bright. It is. And so if you're all the way across the room, and I, I've been using it more and more. I mean, I didn't think I would have much of a need for it. I thought that would be great for some accessibility folks. But I actually have been finding it really useful because there are so many times where in my house, you know, I've got little kids yeah. and they're just noisy at times. And so there's times where I'm, I'm pinging it. I can hear it. But I can't exactly gauge the directionality very well. And so having that light flashing is like, oh, there it is. It's just, you know, it's kind of like when you're looking for your car in, in a busy parking lot and you sort of have about an idea of where you parked it. And you go and you press like your little, your, your key fob to light up the, the lights. It's kind of like that. <laughs> exactly. So, so it's been very helpful. So that, that's the second tip that uh, Las Vegas Steve gave us. Um, do you want to give him the third tip? Yeah, so the third one is, um, and this again, these are all well, except for the first one. These are these are Apple Watch tips. These last two, this right. one is for when you get a phone call, and a lot of us Apple Watch users are noticing that we're starting to put our phone down. <laughs> it's not in our pocket so much anymore, and so a lot of times a phone call will come through, and you're like, "Here's my Dick Tracy moment. I'm going to answer this call, right?" And so you answer it, <laughs> and then you realize that either it's noisy or you can't hear, or for whatever reason, you really don't want this to be like a public phone call, and you say, hold on, hold on, let me go switch this call to my phone. So with this last tip, you can bypass the need to answer the phone right away and switch it by putting the caller on hold using your Apple Watch. So the way that you do that is when the call comes through, instead of answering it, you scroll up using the digital crown. As you scroll up, you'll see the red and the green icons. Below those, you'll see two buttons that you can tap. One says, send a message, and the other one says, answer on iPhone. So when you tap answer on iPhone, It'll place your caller on hold, and it'll even give them an audio indication that they've been placed on hold so that they know that you're going to answer the phone. And then, just like in the last tip, if you have misplaced your phone, you're trying to get to this call while they're on hold, it'll give you the button for pinging the phone right there. So you can actually locate your phone and then answer it. It sounds a little bit more professional when you can just put them on hold instead of fumbling for your iPhone. And the way that Apple Store Steve described it to us was that when you answer the phone, then you can say, oh, that was my personal assistant. So I just, I thought that was pretty handy. That's that's one I'm going to, I don't have enough opportunity to really use it as much, but have you been using it more? Um, No, I haven't used it that much. I mean, I don't answer the phone on my watch that frequently. I don't think, I don't, I don't I, honestly, I don't think a lot of people do because, you know, <laughs> unless it's a quick way to answer yeah. something. If you're in public, obviously you want to be having a conversation on the speakerphone and disrupting everybody uh so yeah. so but uh but there are three great tips i didn't know them and uh, i was yeah we didn't know yeah. either of these tips and now you, you do have, have that, that knowledge. knowledge so this was something that did not hang out in the treasure trove for very no, long we couldn't hold back <laughs> nope <laughs> couldn't hold on to these so so thanks to apple store steve wherever you are if you're out there listening by any chance we did talk to him about our podcast and he was very impressed yeah. and really, really sweet guy. In fact, uh, he oh, was telling us all nice. kinds of stories about other tips that he's gave given people. And I don't know about you, Dave, but I got the sense that the dude works for hugs. So I gave him a yeah. hug. <laughs> and we and we all and we all and we all all three of us got a picture together too. <laughs> we did. 
So, uh, but we wanted to, because that was part of the meetup when we, uh, when um, Melissa and I met up, uh, that, that that was kind of the highlight of our, our trip. Well, that comes to anybody, at least the, the geeky part. But <laughs> Yeah, we kind of had to make a beeline to the store. And it's so cute because my husband was along and my kids were along and, right. you know, Keegan ran right in and made a beeline for the iPads and <laughs> Lucian went in there and started playing on the Apple TVs and stuff. Like, they know their place. They they know what they're supposed to do. And, and my husband, you know, assumes the position with the camera. He's like, all right, I got to take the picture. <laughs> He's like, oh, he, you know, he he looks at Dave and I. He's like, "Bye bye, see you later." <laughs> I'm going to do something else. <laughs> but speaking of iPad, uh, uh, Apple did release a new iPad this uh, this past month, which I was very surprised about. But it wasn't really something it was like a soft that new. Release kind of um, sort of, wasn't it? It was yeah. kind of like a soft release because they still have the iPad Pro with the two sizes we already know about, and the, the iPad Mini Four is still the same model. That hasn't changed. So basically what they did is, you know, they, they discontinued the iPad Air uh-huh. 2. That was what that was. And this basically is like a full, full out, full-fledged Air, but they did do a bump in the, the processing chip. So this has a, uh, the one of the biggest things is the price, because you can now get into an, an entry-level iPad for $329. Yes, yeah, that's, that's what I said. $329. And I think that's uh, going to be a big thing on the education side, which I we'll talk about. I certainly second. hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. After uh, after so, what I've been dealing with with iPad 2s, when I saw this come out, I was like, oh, yeah, oh those, please, yeah, please they, replace them. Because, I, I mean, Apple ha- realizes there's still a lot of iPad 1s, a lot of iPad 2s. iPad 3s are still out there, iPad 4s. I mean, there's the, pretty much the, the first four generations of iPads are still out there being used. Mm-hmm. I mean, granted, the iPad no 1 updates. is, you know, way... Way end of life. I mean, it's running, I think, what, iOS 5? <laughs> um, so it really isn't much it can run other than it can browse the internet. And I know it's pretty painfully slow. But anyway, just going back onto the specs real quick, um, it does have a 64-bit A9 chip and 10-hour battery life, which is great. And, uh, of course, it runs iOS 10. And it's got the Touch ID. Um, this is the Apple, uh, the the iPad, uh, the Air. I don't remember. I think the Air did have the um, Touch well, maybe not. Yeah, the Air I, didn't. The Air Two did. Oh, yeah, the Air so Two that, I'm that, sure did because it had the, the ring. On so it it didn't change. That didn't change. But um, but yeah, again, it's 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 a great a great iPad for nine point seven inch size. You know, high resolution. I mean, you're getting a, a lot of bang for your buck for that three hundred twenty nine dollar entry level. Um, so I would not be surprised to see a lot of people. Uh, go out there and uh, grab this um, to get their old iPads upgraded. Well, now I'm in your shoes because uh, now I'm tempted to to get this new one since it came out because it does seem you know a little more affordable. Yeah. And the last time, and Mother's Day's coming up. Hint, hint, hint. There you go. Hint, hint. <laughs> I got myself the my my fourth gen iPad that I had okay. was, was kind of a, a Mother's Day gift to myself when it, when that was released, <laughs> and so. It's starting to get long in the tooth. You know, it's getting a little slow. Yeah. Well. And, I mean, this is so silly, but one of the biggest – usually I can hold on to things a lot longer because of, you know, the operating system keeps getting updated. But two things are probably going to push me over when it comes to the new iPad. And those two things are the mm-hmm. fact that it's no longer getting any more iOS updates. So this is the last update right. that, that it had gotten was before what we're going to talk about uh, soon, 10.3. Yes. And the second thing yep. is Swift Playgrounds. It's not eligible for Swift Playgrounds. And I've got uh, two yeah, little you, boys you that go to a science school, and I, you know, this is their future. I want them to learn that. So there's right. plenty. It's not like, you know, there's plenty of other resources for them to learn code, but I really want them to learn Swift Playgrounds, you know, and plus I want to learn it too. Absolutely. I blame everything on yeah, my kids, too. but, I mean, I, I mean, you know, I want to play with it too. So 
So those two things are probably going to push me over the edge. But now, (laughs) so I wanted to I want to pick your brain about this, Dave. Is now what I'm torn about though is should I get the new iPad? Because I mean, let's face it. I think that the Pro is a little overkill for my needs. Yes, it's great, and yes, I I do uh, do graphics on the side, and I enjoy that sort of thing. And if I if it were my if it was what was buttering my bread full-time all the time, I'd probably go with the Pro. But this is really right. more for kind of like me and the kids. It's more of a two main reasons. Education for my kids to be able to use it and and learn on it and for business also because I kind of have to have the stuff that right. I need to support. And so if I wait too long, I'm going to end up in a rut where people are going to call and ask me questions about an operating system that I no longer have on an iPad. So, so I'm torn, though, between the iPad and the iPad Mini 4. And I'm not, I'm not quite right. sure what I want to do there. I know that the iPad's mm. got the, what, it's got a beefier processor, right? It's got the newer chip in it. Right. And I know mm-hmm. some people complain about the laminated screen, which I don't know if that's going to really bother me all that much. Do you think that would bother you, having the laminated versus no, the non? No, I don't think it'd be, I don't think it'd be that much. Um, yeah, you got to take into account that the, in the, the the Mini 4 has not been updated, so it's got right. the older chip. And I wonder, uh, do you the think they'll keep the, the Mini around? I mean, that's a different, totally different will. form I mean, factor, and there's probably a big enough market for that size, and I, I really like that size. I want to, at least I want to try that yeah. form factor. There there was some rumor that they're looking to, to maybe put something in between the 9.7 and the, uh, the 12.9-inch size screen, a 10.5, mm-hmm. so a slightly bigger screen. Mm-hmm. So it is possible that they could uh, take the Mini 4 and put it into retirement and then just yeah, uh, make the 9.7 as a smaller one. But I mean, the, the, the Mini is, is, a, is a nice little mm-hmm. small iPad, and I think a lot of people like it. I mean, it's just like with the people who use the, the, the Kindle Fire. I mean, it's a small little device. They like to be able to read a book and do small things with that. I think the Mini is, it still has a market. Um, I think Apple had saw the writing on the wall because the, the, the uh, iPad sales have been very stagnant in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And, they had to do um, something by, by by them by them coming out with this this new model to to really get back at the education market. Um, uh, as I mentioned earlier, uh, I I really see the education market looking closer now because they they've all been going to these you know, mm-hmm. Chromebooks and and I just I just uh, people say these Chromebooks are all great and all, but you're you're locked to to being on the internet, and you don't have a you know an OS and apps and all that stuff. I mean, they're all built into the Chrome browser, but I, I think the uh, the iPad has been very very ideal in the education. But, but you're you worked in education, so I guess you could comment a little more on that. Yeah, I, I've worked in it, and I volunteer right. in it, so I see a lot of what goes on there, and I'm, I am kind of torn. I, I kind of see the need for both. Okay. I mean, and, and there's just so much management. I mean, unless the apps are going to be cloud based, if if kids are are using education apps and the information is stored on the on the disk, that really creates a lot of problems. Right. It's it's so you still do need to have that internet connectivity. Um, I mean, it's it's great for consumers. Like I said, I mean, I'm just so torn between those two form factors right. because I really am attracted to the idea of going smaller. Because um, okay. I, I really there's there's very specific things I, I want to be able to use it for, and. Part of me would say, well, you know, if I'm going to go with an iPad mini, then why don't I just get an iPhone 7 Plus or when the 8 or whatever comes out next, why don't I just get the plus size? Because that was another consideration too. But it's about the apps and things that will only run on the iPad that I'm interested in. And I need to be able to test those out for, you know, a lot of different variations. So I 
I don't think I'm in a position where I just can't not have an iPad. Right. There, there needs to be an iPad in this family for very specific reasons. Now I just have to decide what form factor I want because we have the fourth gen, so that's you know basically like the 9.7 inch. Right. And after carrying and carrying that around for so many years now, it's uh, there's times when it used to be I was very fastidious about it, and I, <laughs> it's going to sound silly, but I base my clothing choices <laughs> and my bag choices on whether or not I can fit my devices in it. I'll just be honest. I've got this this pair of like yoga pants that just have the perfect pocket on the side of the leg that fits my iPhone just perfectly, and I I'm. If anybody's listening and you find these darn yoga pants that have the perfect pocket, will you please let me know because I can't find them anywhere. It's driving me crazy. Uh, but back to the iPad, I mean, I'm always looking for the the bag that fits it. Right. And I've been experimenting with different things. And there's times when we've been leaving the house without the iPad because it's just so big to have to shove in there. True. It's like one more thing we have to carry. But if I had the the mini, uh, I don't know that I'd have that excuse as much. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. again, so you're gonna have to stay tuned to no. see what Melissa decides to get. <laughs> again, if, quickly before we move on here, I go back to the uh, the processor okay. differences. Yeah. I mean, there's not a huge difference. You got an A8 to mm-hmm. an A9. Um, you do have the uh, the coprocessor for for video on the on the iPad Mini Four. So. Um, I, I I can't see a drastic difference you'd notice as mm-hmm. far as processing speed, but uh, but I believe 64-bit is the big thing it's going to be for the future too. Um, but which all iPads right now will be able to run, uh, which I'll talk about that with the new update uh, with the file system change and plus uh, the I think the hard the drive sizes. I think you can get a 128 iPad four for you the can. same price, right, or something close to it, or something and. We talked about you know how you're a crazy person as far as the the sizes and stuff go of hard drives, and I, right. I'm a little bit more conservative, or at least I can I can I think I can control myself a little bit better when it comes to that. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, I mean, uh, but uh, hey, I, you know I would love to. I bought that iPhone because that's all it was um, available. I didn't want to wait. That's a simple. That was the only reason but why. I, I you know I wouldn't turn down a 128 <laughs> gigabyte iPad four because then I would just stick all my forty some thousand photos on it and I'd actually probably download more and keep them on the device and actually probably maybe play with photo editing more on the iPad whereas my fourth gen kind of has limited me in that aspect because it's only 32 gigabytes so there's not because I have kids and they have apps and they take up so much room oh my gosh there's just no room for for anything else so yeah so it's going to happen I'm just not sure which we'll have to stay tuned um so uh, let's move on. And I know you're an absolute lover of this of these <laughs> products. And guys, again, they're not a sponsor because we don't have sponsors here yet. Right. Yet, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but uh, I I did buy one of these a, a while back, the wired version of it, and uh, it's a, it's basically like a little uh, headband that goes around your head, and it's got little earphones and built into the headband, and you can plug it into your eye device and be able to listen while you're sleeping at night. And those are called sleep phones, and. Melissa, you've got so much to talk about here. I'm just going to let you run it. Run, go, yeah, go, go, go at go, it. Go here. take a break. You know. <laughs> I'll take no. a break. <laughs> I'll, I'll chime in here, but because because I have some. So we've talked here. about these on previous episodes. We've talked about how much we like them. What got us talking yeah. about this was way back before this the iPhone seven came out, and I was literally losing sleep over this because the the rumor at the time was that the 
headphone port was going to go away. And it came true. <laughs> it did. And so it we did. were talking about, well, what were we going to do? What were we going to use for for headphones? And, and that I had relied on these things so much because I was always, at night, I would have these things plugged in. And then I would have my phone being, you know, charging overnight because I'm not going to listen to stuff and then wake up to a dead phone or an, or an alarm that doesn't go off. So I was very kind of like, you know, gotta, I got to be plugged in. I'm like tethered to my nightstand basically, you know. And so I was really kind of stressing out about it. And then uh, I, t- I was actually talking about it on another podcast, The Geekiest Show Ever. I do record over there occasionally. And uh, oddly enough, <laughs> the people from Acoustic Sheep were listening or got wind of it. And they sent me two of the wireless pairs to check them out because I was I was just I was talking about how much I love these and how much I was just sad that I wasn't going to be able to use them anymore if I upgraded my iPhone, and I was just so worried about it. And so basically, my my wish was granted. I mean, we were talking about how much we really wanted the wireless version of these things. We were lusting after them, so they sent yep. me a pair of the wireless and a pair of the effortless. And the difference between the two is, I mean, they're both fantastic. The wireless, is, is a, it's, a, it's just how they charge. The wireless, you actually have to, um, there's a little piece of, oh my gosh, these things are designed. They're, they're built so wonderfully. The, the, the craftsmanship and the build quality of them is just fantastic. There's, di- there's several different fabrics to choose from. I have uh, the fleece kind. And you were talking about, Dave, how the fleece kind of, make your face sweat a little bit. And I could see how that would happen. I mean, it right. gets quite hot here in Arizona. Um, and there is a, there's something else called sheep cloud and there's, yeah, there's breeze. a breeze. So I would recommend the breeze version for you. So not only did they, Oh, I want to get yeah, pink. Yeah. Oh, you have to. <laughs> <laughs> there's, I mean, there's all different <laughs> kinds of, you know, designer fabrics, like, you know, different kinds of, um, yeah. uh, what do you call it? They're different styles. There's different colors. They're different, um, prints is what I was looking for. And um, so not only did they send me the different models to try out, they also sent me the different fabrics. And I'd already had the fleece, and I was familiar with that. And then I think they developed something that was even softer, and that's what they're referring to as the um, the sheep cloud fleece. And it's it's great. It's wonderful. I, I, lo- I actually like these better than the breeze, which I think you would like the breeze better. The breeze is more like a yep. – you know, for, for runners and people who jog, and it's it's a lighter fabric. It's not nearly as heavy as the fleece. It's not that uh, terry cloth kind of feel. It's it's hard to it's hard to describe. It's more of a silkier feel with spandex. And uh, mm-hmm. so I tried out both of those. And so my husband uses the wireless, and I use the effortless. And like I was saying, the difference is in how they charge. So the wireless, you have to basically peel apart this little piece of Velcro. That that's why I, I talk about I like to gush about the craftsmanship because the way that these are built, the Velcro is stitched in such a way that when you peel it apart and you seal it back up again, it almost makes it like it's seamless. I mean, you can see the seam when you're close up, but just looking at it, just it folds under just nicely, and it's just the way that it's stitched. It's really really well made. With the wireless, you have to pull that apart and you unplug. There's like a little tiny. Um, it's the Bluetooth wireless device inside of it, you know. So, like we said, it's a band, and yep. you pull the little plug out, and then that's what you plug into the charger. And it's just a USB, just like your iPhone, um, with a USB. I'm going to get this wrong, but it's I think it's Mini B on the other end. I'll post a picture of it so you can see what it looks like. And it's just or micro yeah, USB. it's just micro. Yeah, it's probably micro. It's a common um, a common end that you see on all other devices. Yep. 
Um, and so you plug that in and you charge it and it lets you know. But the battery life is like six hours or something like that or eight hours. I mean, it's just really long. I only have to charge them every other night or so. And that's only because I want to make sure that I have a charge and I don't run out of juice. But, you know, I get a whole night's sleep and, you know, two nights sleep basically and it goes down to like 70%. I still have battery charge. So the battery is phenomenal in both of them. And then the effortless version, the reason it's called effortless is because unlike the wireless, you don't have to pull apart the seam to take out a charger. All you do, it's, um, is this called inductive or conductive? It's a metal um, mm -hmm. magnetic base. It's like a magnet. And that's what you keep on your nightstand. And when you're going to charge it, you have to kind of feel for the buttons where they are. And you just basically stick it on there and it starts charging. It, it gives you a little red, a yellow, or a green light and lets you know that when it's connected properly, it, it'll turn green. And then it blinks. And it blinks until it's charged. And then when it's charged, it's solid. So it's a very um, very visual way with colors, you know, lets you know when it's charged. And that's why it's called effortless because you don't really have to fiddle with it all that much. You just kind of put it on, the, on this little magnetic stand and then it charges and then you're ready to go for the next night um it's just i love that you can you can take them apart you can switch the you know depending on if you like the tag in the back or the front because it's a little bit the way that it's constructed is it's a little bit wider in one section and a little bit more narrow in another so it kind of depends on where if you want to wear it with the tag in the back which i do or the tag in the front if you want a little bit wider uh more fabric over your eyes you know to I like I like it even with the the narrow part in the front. There's no light that gets in. But oh my gosh, I sleep. I, I suffer from insomnia. So this mm -hmm. is why I just have to brag about these because nothing has helped me. I sure. mean, I I've tried Benadryl. I've tried medications. I mean, all kinds of stuff. And the only thing that helps me is being able to wear these and listen to music. I I'll talk about it in depth some more in another podcast. But I listen to what's called ASMR. Uh, YouTube videos, and um, they help you fall asleep. They're for relaxation and things. There's also apps that you can try mm -hmm. that have binaural beats, which is how I discovered that, which um, basically makes a, a tone that repeats at a certain frequency, and it and it goes from your left to your right mm -hmm. ear, and that helps. So I've just been really successful trying to be able to get naps and to try to get some sleep, you know, some... some uh, relief basically <laughs> even there's been times where i might just want to lay down for a nap and i just need darkness and i just use them as just a sleep mask i don't even have any music playing and it yeah. helps me relax and i just can't believe how a little piece of fabric with some with some speakers <laughs> in it can make such a difference in my life and my my quality of life and my quality of sleep i like a lot of people i sleep with a spouse who snores and it, it helps with that too and there was, there's been times when the kids might have trouble sleeping, and I've I've set up a little playlist and and had them play with it. And then there's uh, there's just so many cute things. There's a little uh, a little sh a little sheep, little stuffed animal that they have that's their little mascot, and his little his name is Cirrus. And they sent me one of those. And the thing that's cute about it is these are for like older iPods where it has another little. Um, stitch in the back where you you pull apart the seam. It's it's velcroed, and you stick your iPod in there. You you set your playlist, and you put it in there. This is for the wired version, for the older the old fashioned version. And you you know play your sounds, and you cuddle up with a little sheep. And then because of the way it's constructed, you're not going to be pressing buttons and turning off your iPod in the middle of the night while you're sleeping. <laughs> so I just thought that was really cute. It's like they think of everything. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, they're yeah, they're a little they're, pricey, but yeah. I think they're worth it. The wireless is uh, ninety nine ninety five. The effortless is one twenty nine ninety five. 
Um, some of them come with, or you can download binaural beats or you know music that's specifically crafted for insomniacs like me to listen to. So, and those don't cost anything extra, and uh, they've got great support on their website. Oh, and then oh my gosh, I keep mm-hmm. thinking of things that are awesome about this. One more thing. I actually mm-hmm. asked them about this, and they didn't know at the time, and now they do. One of my biggest questions was, okay, this is a Bluetooth wireless device, and I know that you can connect wireless speakers to the new fourth-gen Apple TV. Well, guess what, Dave? You right. can connect wireless or effortless sleep phones to your Apple TV fourth-gen. It That's is awesome. so awesome. And my, both my husband That's have, so awesome. since we have the two, we have them both paired to it. So when he wants to watch TV and I don't want to have to hear it, then he pairs his and he puts the sound on his or vice versa. And uh, that was like one of the best bonus features. So so check them out. We'll have links to them in the show notes. And like I said, they're not a sponsor necessarily, but they've sponsored my sleep. So <laughs> I have to brag about them. And I'm just really grateful that they sent me these to review. And so I've been wanting to gush about them all this time. And so so there you have it. No, that's why we wanted to fit it in uh, the episode uh, just so you could talk about them. As I know we were, we talked about it at the beginning of our starting of this uh, show. Now I'll sleep even better now uh, that I talked no, about thanks. it. <laughs> hey, now you can sleep a lot better. <laughs> Speaking of sleeping better, we've we've got a new we've we've got a rash of updates that happened this, this past uh, two weeks uh, from from Apple. iOS 10.3 hit. Uh, hit the updates. Uh, also, Watch OS uh, 3.2, as well as TV OS uh, 10.2. Um, so we're going to kind of. I'm going to kind of go over, and we'll, we'll we'll talk about it here. Um, we'll we'll uh, go over some of the changes and some of the improvements that uh, that uh, iOS uh, 10.3 has uh, has uh, been added, as well as they have not not even a week later they released a update to. Uh, to it now we're at 10.3.1 which i'll we'll also talk about so um so really in a nutshell a lot of the changes in ios 10.3 um was the file system which you're now calling it apfs which i'll talk about in a minute um and one of the one of the things i did notice a, a big change was is the settings app a, a lot of changes are afoot if you notice when you go into the settings it now shows your name and your icon at the at the top of the uh, of that menu, uh, also shows where your name and your phone numbers and email and all that information. One of the biggest things it did was it's forcing you now. Well, it's not forcing you, but it's it's recommending. Uh, I don't know if you did it if you already were doing it. Was the two th- two factor authentication? Mm-hmm. Did, did you uh, did you turn yours on yet? Um, or? no, I don't have. Are you still on the fence yeah, with that? Um, I do oh. have. What was the? I have the other version. I don't have the. I always get them confused. I don't have the version where I don't have to use a second device and put in a verification code each time. But I do have right. two-factor. Well, there's two-factor and then there's something else, isn't there? Well, that is two-factor okay. authentication because it does require for you to – another device will pop up and have yeah, you confirm it have by using it. I that with putting mine, a code in. but I do have the other security okay. on it where I had to actually uh, download a, well, a, a – what is it called? There's a, there's a special key. Like, I, I even have app-specific passwords set up. I mean, I have it pretty well locked down. I just right. don't have to use a secondary device to do it. Or at least it just hasn't bugged me in a while. Um, Maybe I've just saved all the browsers. And <laughs> but I I do but, love but, that I can but, see all of my but, devices in this list now. 
Yeah, yeah. It's now in the list here instead of you having because before you had in in the list or what she's what Mills is talking about is in the settings it does show uh all your other devices that are that are on your iCloud account. Um but uh, just going back real quick to the password security, what it does is it it's actually nagging you. <laughs> Because I didn't turn on to a factor authentication, I'll be honest, at first. Because I was like, God, it's going to drive me crazy mm-hmm. when you have to put that pin code in. Every time you want to put your password in and try, try to get if you forget and all this stuff. I had to turn it off for a but, couple you know, of my I, clients because they kept resetting their password. Yeah. Because then it would loop them right, to the like, exactly. did you forget your password? And they said, yep, I did. <laughs> Even though we had it in one password yeah, and exactly. everywhere else, they were just so confused. And it just caused more problems than it solved, unfortunately. But I do highly recommend yeah, it if, so you can, if you can handle it. I do recommend it too because now that I'm doing it, I feel a lot more secure. And especially with that, all that news we what we want to talk about is with with uh, the potential hack that was happening with iCloud. Completely recommended to everybody to change their iCloud password and, and turn on this two-factor authentication because uh, you're definitely going to be protected. But uh, as we said, as I said, uh, it does show the list of all your devices, including Macs, including Apple TVs, Apple Watches. Uh, everything that's linked to your I, your Apple ID is now listed um, in the settings app um, on your iOS device. Um, and uh, the great thing about it, too, is you can actually tap these devices and find out the information you need, like if you need to get a serial number from your iPad or if you're, your Mac or wherever. Uh, it does give you... Uh, access to that stuff. So uh, that was one of the, some of the biggest things that kind of stood out um, with, uh, 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 with the, uh, the, the updates uh, that they added to iCloud. Now, the other thing that uh, they added was what I just talked about earlier. It's called APFS. Now, what's happening is 10.3 and now 10.31 will automatically convert your, I- your iOS device um, file system from HFS Plus, which has been the mainstay of files, the file system for not only for iOS but for Mac as well. Uh, I think it goes back 30 years uh, to APFS, and we're not going to get too technical with this because you know we're a, we're a, a show that doesn't go that geeky, but well, geeky at least enough. If we here. give like a consumer uh, warning that we're going to go, we're going to get geeky. A consumer with warning, it, so. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and this is. And this is uh, now the new default um, file system. Now there was some some little concerns that uh, that you had to make. You really should have, and you always should whenever you do a new major update like this, because the update from ten point three from ten point two to ten point three was you know quite an upgrade. And this is the biggest reason because the file system had changed. Um, what it's doing is it's 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 helping uh, more efficiencies with uh, the way things are accessed. Um, and it's kind of syncing it along the lines of of working similar to the way a Mac accesses uh, partitions and and uh, file system uh, and files and and that kind of stuff too. So, uh, but as I said, it was always recommended that you make sure that you were doing a backup before um, you you install ten point three. At this point, as most of the people are listening to this, I would think that at this point in time, everybody is pretty much upgraded. So, but. It, I upgraded it without a problem. There were, were no issues at all. It just took um, a lot longer. And they did do a, yeah, it, there was, it did take a bit of a long time on 10.3. The uh, the security update, which I'll talk about, is uh, that didn't take very long yeah, at all. That was pretty quick. Um, but there was a lot, as they were kind of comparing uh, differences in space um, when it came to um, looking at different the different models uh, with capacity. Um, they there were some noticeable differences as far as gaining some some gigabytes in in, in space on your drive with this. It was a small yeah, gain, but I got not about a lot. A gig. Maybe a few hundred megabytes. Yeah, maybe a gig. 
Um, uh, but it was, uh, but it was, uh, it was, it was pretty cool. I mean, they, 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 they did, uh, do a good job of adding uh, yeah, some more space by making things out there. And that's most of my clients. So yep. it's any time we can get yep. more space on there is, is a good thing because they're going to be out there for a while. Yep. I figured out there what is. it is, Dave. Um, it's, before we go on to, because yeah. I, I wanted to ask you about this, I figured out what it is. It's two step versus two factor. And, oh, right, and right. I two have step authentication. Two step enabled because that's the one where I actually have another passcode that I actually had to, you know, make sure I documented everywhere because, like, if right. I lose that, I can't get back into it. And I set that up for, you know, a long time ago. And I was trying to debate on whether or not I wanted to change it to two-factor authentication so that I could play with having my Mac unlocked with my watch and that sort of thing. And I just never got there right. because then once I got the new Mac and I got the Touch ID, I was like, well, this is just cool. So I've just been happy with that. So I've left it at two-step. But that's not to mean gotcha. that I won't change it to two-factor just so I can drink the Kool-Aid and eat the dog food and all that stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. <laughs> eat the dog food right. first, wash it down with the Kool-Aid. Good. I'm glad. Yeah, I'm glad we uh, cleared that <laughs> up. Um, more st- more things that they added with uh, with 10.3 is um, there is faster on animations. You may not really notice it too much, but uh, Apple's been had a never ending quest to, to to mess with the app launching animations, which was uh, introduced back in iOS seven. Um, when you launch or close an app, you can see the icon the icon uh, tap sort of a expand to take up the entire screen. Um, that was how it used to do it in ten point three. That expansion process has uh, happens a lot more quickly, so it just gives just enough to give you a greater I think a sense lot of, of people speed. People turn so that does, off at times too, especially with older yeah, devices. That's, that's I just checked do, to see if I had it enabled, and yeah, I turned it off a while ago because you know I I, yeah. I, so I talked about my battery issues in the past, and one of those. The animations, you know, I'm looking for places where I can sort of trim the fat and keep my battery lasting as long as I possibly can when I'm out and about and in the, in the heat out here. And so, yeah, I right. turned that off a while ago. But, yeah, it's nice to know that that's a little snappier because it was, it was bugging people. <laughs> oh, yeah, for sure. Um, the other thing that they've uh, that, that, that's uh, really you got to think about soon is the impending end of the 32-bit uh, operating system, iOS. This is, this is now going to be 64-bit. And probably even more when iOS 11 comes out. Uh, uh, usually, it'll be in the fall when they um, will have the Worldwide Developers Conference coming up in a couple months here, and I'm sure we're going to hear about the new one. Um, but what you can do is you can look at app compatibility because there are a lot of app uh, d- developers out there that have kind of abandoned uh, apps out there. And if you still have some of these apps on there, uh, the way you can find out is if you go into General um, and go into About, and then about lists all of your information about your phone or your iPad. The applications uh, section, if if there are applications that are not compatible anymore, there's going to be a little arrow next to the number of how many applications you have installed. Yeah, I noticed that. Of course, I'm looking Just at a my, couple days ago. I was like, ooh, I'm looking at mine. triangle. That means there's something more. <laughs> there's something more. 226 applications um, on my phone. There's quite a few that are in the, the naughty list. Yep. And I'm just now looking at my phone here, and how could I only have 38 gigabytes out of my 256? Uh-oh. I must be really. Like, I took a lot of photos. <laughs> you my, did take my, my advice then. <laughs> yes, uh, and it shows me 210 applications. So what would happen is you <laughs> get all the tangent here. Uh, what, what what happens here is uh, you tap the applications uh, link there, and it's going to give you a list of all the applications that they they think will slow down your iPhone or your iPad. 
uh, because the developer has not done any a good job of uh, of updating their apps timely, um, or they've yeah, much or if it's been it. pulled. Here's a good like example. Um, yeah, it's or been it's been pulled, pulled it's like no Flappy Bird in the available in the App Store. Like okay, right. So yeah, so what's going to happen is. Um, App, app developers are going to be honest, going to be scrambling. They already they always scramble when a new OS comes out. Um, so I would I would say uh, take a look at those apps, and and this is a good way of uh, kind of clearing things up and thinking, hey, do you really do I really need this app anymore? Do I use yes, it anymore? Yes, I really do need uh, my crate lightsaber. So Byte Flux, if you're listening, yeah. come on, get with the program here. I, I need my lightsaber. I got to be able to play see- lightsaber with my kids. <laughs> Like I see, uh, like I see on this article I'm reading is uh, it's got the Flappy Bird that yeah. that obviously hasn't been updated in a long time. So, uh, so that's uh, uh, that's one of the things. Um, a couple, a few other things that it added. Um, if you have the AirPods, uh, you know, if you remember, I don't know if I I may have mentioned this in the last other episodes. Uh, there was a developer that actually came up with an app to help you find your AirPods because, of course, they're Bluetooth and wireless, and you can easily lose them. Well. Um, first off, Apple pulled that mm-hmm. app, <laughs> so for for obvious reasons, because what they did is they incorporated uh, the current or last known location of your of your AirPods uh, in the Find My iPhone uh, app uh, that you'd use already to to find your devices when they lose, and you could play a sound on one or both of those AirPods to find them. So they added that as well. Um, there was a uh, in Siri, there was a couple things added. Nothing worth noting. Um, uh, support for checking car fuel level, lock status, and other stuff with automaker apps, uh, things of that nature. CarPlay has added some things. Uh, nothing really too crazy that I have to, I'd really have to mention, uh, just for the sake of time. And uh, just a lot of stability and fixes. Uh, so ten, uh, ten three was a really good update, and I definitely highlight. I recommend updating to it, especially uh, now we are at the ten point three point one, um, and. Uh, Time three point three point one is really important. It, there is a lot of security fixes that were added to it. Um, they Apple really didn't give any real specific details or, or notes on it, but things like uh, it, could, it addresses a buffer overflow that could exploit and execute code on your phone's or tablet's Wi-Fi chip. You know things like that. Um, and of course, ten point three point one comes out. They've already started the beta, mm-hmm. <laughs> so they're on beta ten point three point two. So. We could go on and on when it comes to that stuff. I was happy about uh, the Bluetooth fixes. I was actually yeah, the Bluetooth. I was doing a field test today before the show because you know I've been. I I thought it was maybe, and it could still be. I thought maybe ever since I got the Apple Watch, that that threw a monkey wrench into things, into my like sort of ecosystem. So I use, uh, I believe it's a Plantronics earpiece, a Bluetooth earpiece in my ear while I'm driving, and I use. Siri while I'm driving to do a lot of voice commands, and I'm a pretty heavy user of it. I mean, I listen to podcasts, I listen to music, I do driving directions because, you know, it's part of my job. I need to go on house calls, and I'm always using maps and things like that. We talked about that on a different show, and uh, that was part of the problems that I was having when I added the Apple Watch. It seemed like I had one more Bluetooth that was in that little, like, circuit or something, and so my earpiece was constantly dropping the connection, there was constantly I'd, – I'd go and say a command, and I'd wait and wait and wait, and I'm thinking, what is going on? And right. then finally it would come through, and it would say that the connection was lost. You know, the little Plantronics lady would come in your ear and, and say that, that the connection had been lost, and then you'd have to go and try to resync it. And while you're driving, that's not safe, so you don't want to be dealing with that kind of stuff. And so for a while there, I thought maybe I'd try as I was driving – 
because I thought maybe the Apple Watch was listening to me when I was saying, hey, phone lady. And so I would flip it up and <laughs> tap on the air, air. I would put it in airplane mode. Um, and then I thought, well, what's the fun in that? <laughs> you know, so it was just really frustrating. And so today, <laughs> before this, this, uh, before we recorded this, I was actually driving around and I started throwing all kinds of things at it. I got it to give me directions. I was driving. I was texting Dave. I was asking it about the weather. I was just <laughs> trying to confuse the heck out of it as best I could. I was really trying to jumble it. And I threw everything at it that I could think about all the things that had been giving me problems. And it was pretty smooth. So I think they must have ironed out those wrinkles. So I'm a pretty happy camper. Oh, yeah, that's uh, that's that's really awesome. Definitely, that's really awesome. Have you noticed um, any improvements so uh, on, on your end that you want to talk about? Yeah, no, I, I, I did that. That that Bluetooth was there was an issue because it, it was actually, actually my okay. phone. Yeah, because it dropped on my car. My uh-huh. car, my car has, uh, uh, you know, Bluetooth uh, connection. Oh, I had to you know, I've heard some people asking the, questions uh, about that on other shows and yeah. reading on other uh, forums and stuff. So I, it'll be nice if this, this fixes it for a lot of people. Yeah, absolutely. So, for the sake of time here, let's uh, let's. I'm going to get through here and just talk briefly about Watch OS and I and TV OS. Mm-hmm. Um, there wasn't much on the Watch OS, to, and 3.2 came out. Um, a couple of the biggest things that were added was inclu- including theater mode, um, which is a, f- a really clever f- clever feature that allows you to mute your Apple Watch and disable the raised awake to, uh, for your watch display because that's always a. Uh, uh, annoying when the, your watch lights up and you're in a movie theater and it's yeah, dark. Yeah, I could see that being handy. <laughs> um, I thought it was going to be a pain because I thought it was going to like block signals yeah. and stuff like that. But it turns out it's it's not as big of a deal as I thought it was. It's it's a welcomed no, addition. It's a welcome little feature, and you, you you'll see the icon there. It's got the little theater icon that's uh, in in the uh, the drop menu. Yeah. Yeah, so you have to swipe. You have to swipe from swipe the bottom, up. and then you'll see that page of icons. The bottom. And that's, it's all the way at the bottom. And then you have to yeah. scroll just a little bit to um, get to it. A little happy yeah, sad. It's an easier, easier place to access. Um, the, also, the other thing they added was a Siri kit, which is a good addition because now it's going to be able to add the uh, third-party apps that will be able to be developed for uh, the watch uh, that was only available on just iOS devices. So that's going to be great so people can develop uh, some third-party stuff for Siri uh, to work with the watch too. So that was really all that was in the watch OS other than just some just some uh, improvements and uh, and stability improvements. Um, and then uh, tvOS, again, there wasn't a lot, lot on there other than some stability uh, updates uh, for the fourth gen. Of course, remember, this is just for the fourth gen TV, uh, Apple TV. So, you know, the, the second and third gens are at the, at the end of the yeah, road they get um, no love. as far as that goes. I don't know, more love anymore, uh, but they, yeah, still, they work. still work. Um, so, I mean, the big thing they did is, and this also goes across on the Mac and, and, and iPhone or iPad, is the Watch Anywhere video rental support. You didn't have that before. You could only watch a, a movie that you rent through the iTunes store, the Apple's, the, the movie, iTunes movie store. Uh, you could only watch the rental when you, uh, at the point of where mm. you purchased it, which would be less if it's on your iPad or your iPhone. You you couldn't transfer. Well, now they've changed that, so now uh, the rental uh, is accessible through all all the platforms, including TVOS, and they added that to it. And it was kind of cool because I had rented a movie uh, last week, and um, uh, it it warned me when I turned on my Apple TV th- uh, the other day. Since when I had the rental, that oh, you only have uh, four hours left oh, to go to watch nice. this because, of course, you know once you once you start watching, it expires at twenty four hours right. uh, after that point. So, uh, so there wasn't uh, so there wasn't really uh, 
much else as far as the Apple TV, but uh, I'm really liking the Apple TV even more. I mean, a lot of the app developers out there are doing a great job of uh, supporting uh, this device, so um, uh, I'm very impressed with uh, with that. And lastly, what I'll talk and touch about as far as the file system and, and the systems, uh, I just mentioned it earlier about the fact that uh, when uh, w- how will we know when what apps will be uh, compatible when iOS 11 comes out. Now, we went through that list. You can go in and take a look at the applications, and it'll show you. Um, but uh, like I said, that's the, where the answer pretty much lies is when you go into the, the applications list and it gives you a long list of stuff that's uh, not compatible. Uh, the thing is that there's going to be, um, uh, when this iOS 11 comes out, I mean, don't be surprised. A lot of apps start disappearing from the App Store because Apple's going to say, hey, well, you didn't update this, so mm-hmm. we're pulling it. Uh, so they want everything in 64-bit. And it makes sense because it's a much faster platform. So um, Only devoted will anyway. survive. Well, we're going to move on and talk about some of the apps because we're getting close on time here. Um, some of the apps that I recommended as well as, did you recommend any apps this week? This, no, this, golly, uh, Dave, you got all kinds of stuff these to These are all about. mine? Oh my gosh, you're making me work hard <laughs> <I know>. today. <laughs> um, so let's, uh, let's uh, uh, talk about the first one I found out about. Um, I was listening to the Mac Geek app and I'll give them credit because uh, I wasn't aware of this app until they were talking about it in relation to being able to play a video for, that's still in Flash. Oh. oh my God! There's still websites out there to be able to play Flash that, that still use Flash. You. I still can't education. believe it to this day. It's still rampant yeah, in exactly. education. We're stuck with it. I know. So there, there is an older browser out there that I've been using before called Photon. P H O T O N. Um, that one has still been around. That one wasn't free, but it's also it also hasn't been. Re- um, updated in probably almost two years so i was i couldn't recommend it so that's why i didn't uh didn't recommend it but this one is called puffin web browser so this is a web browser just like if you were to get firefox or, or chrome which is also available on ios um but the greatest thing about this uh, about, about this app is it's a, it's a, it's as they say in their description it's a wicked fast mm-hmm. mobile browser and i i i agree with it 120 percent. this thing is loads insanely fast so i don't know what they did to 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 improve some of the the speeds, but it's been pretty awesome. Um, and then also said, like I said, it does allow the playing of of, of flash content. It, it does have a button that you you could tap, and and, and it automatically ad- adapts to it. Um, and uh, it's got a good uh, gaming when it comes to uh, helping with the works uh, with with the way it interacts in the browser. And uh, it does uh, help also with your bandwidth. It actually it gives you some measurements and tells you how much bandwidth you're using right in the browser, which is great because you know some people are are challenged when it comes to, to bandwidth, especially if you're using cellular. Um, so the great thing about it is it's absolutely free, and it's both iPad and iPhone, iPhone uh, design, so it's uh, it works really well. It's called Puffin Web Browser by Cloud Moza, and uh, I would highly recommend it. And we will have it in show notes uh, for you to. Wow. Click Since and you download. brought it up, I'm going to have to change my mind <laughs> because okay. I'm familiar with the other mm-hmm. version that they make, which is called Puffin Academy. It's the same developer, mm-hmm. and the icon is actually oh, yeah, very right. similar. It's just a it's another picture of yep. a puffin with a purple background. <laughs> and I am actually very mm-hmm. familiar with this because um, you may have heard me talk about this before, but I've actually um, volunteered at my children's school to roll out their iPads and, mm-hmm. and use a deployment 
And in part of that, I was actually able to really make the principal happy because there's uh, there's something that our school uses called iReady. And maybe people are familiar with that, yep. but I'll just use it as an example because it is a very uh, popular and widespread use curriculum is what it is. And they use it for testing and they use it for data collection, for testing and academics and all that sort of thing. And one of the biggest bummers about iPads in education um, there, are, there aren't that many, but there's this one big bummer. And like I said before, right. there are so many curriculum apps and programs out there that are flash-based. And their iReady is one of them. And so when I was able to I – I forget how I stumbled across this, but I installed this. And I was actually able to use our, our children's iReady site through Puffin Academy. And when I showed this to the principal, his eyes just like lit up because this meant it was that many more devices that they could put out there. And they could you know schedule testing and, and lessons and things like that. And so it's one more device in our home that the kids can do their lessons on because they get yeah. assigned it for homework. So, um, and it tracks their progress. It's, cool. it's for math and reading. So yeah, so I, I have to put that in there. So yeah. I'll just I'll just you know piggyback off of that and put a little link link to it. So yeah, absolutely. Academy, same kind of thing, but it's specifically yep. geared towards education platform apps or not apps, but websites that run on Flash, and you can bookmark them. So I've actually set it up in the deployment when I deployed all the iPads. I bookmarked the the site that the kids need to go to with the state and everything, so that it's uh, makes it more efficient, so that the kids don't have to go and navigate to it. They can just click on the little. Um, favorite bookmark that's set up for them. So, yep, good stuff. Absolutely. So, um, as we're getting cl- coming to a close here to show, I want to talk about one more app that's um, near and dear to my heart. is is the, one of my favorite all time podcatchers uh, called for podcasting called Downcast. Um, it's not free, but it's worth every penny. It's two ninety nine. Um, it does a wonderful job of managing all of your iPad, all your podcasts in one place and being able to, to to listen to them. You can download them. You can uh, forward a link to them, bookmark them. It just it does us an amazing job of of uh, of uh, doing it completely what you want to do when it cards when it comes to. Uh, dealing with your podcasts you can you can search you can subscribe you don't you can manually subscribe and that's what i like to do is i you know i have probably right now 72 podcasts sitting in my podcatcher in downcast right now do i listen to all those right. no uh i don't have any much i don't think anybody would have enough time in the day to listen to all those podcasts but it's nice because it i can customize it and i can create my own list of all the podcasts that I want to monitor. And if there's something that catches my eye, I want to listen to it, yeah, by all means, I, I, I uh, take care of it. Um, other cool thing it does is it does uh, speed playback. So some people like to listen to podcasts a little faster, so it kind of speeds it up. That drives me crazy. I can't do <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, don't do that with this because uh, I'm caffeinated. You, but, <laughs> yeah, even at 1.25 or 1.5, I go crazy. I just I can't. I want to listen to it at normal speed. Um, but uh, it does allow you to stream the episodes, so you don't have to download them if you want to. But you also can download them, which is great, especially if you like if you go on a trip and you want to have them on your device while you're on the plane. So and you're not online. It has a sleep timer, which is cool. You can uh, sit and listen to it. Use your 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 uh, sleep uh, yep. headphones. <laughs> sleep I forgot phones, the name yep. of the race. The sleep phones. I was right. Uh, and you could set the sleep timer and then be able to listen to podcast and uh, and and then fall asleep to it. So um, it's it's called Downcast. We've got we've got a we'll have a link to that in the show notes as well. And lastly, I want to talk about MaxDoc. I know you and I are very about excited Mac about Stock. this. I want to always talk about MaxDoc. And um, 
Max Stock 2017 is coming up out in Woodstock, Illinois, which is out in my hometown neck of the woods uh, outside of Chicago. And uh, actually, at, it's actually in Crystal Lake. It's uh, McHenry, County, McHenry County College. And there are just amazing amount of list of speakers that are going to be there. Uh, myself speaking, I'll be talking about efficiencies in iOS. Like, I'm really excited to talk about that uh, topic, and I think it's going to be uh, uh, a really good uh, topic for about 20 minutes. You couldn't tell. <laughs> you couldn't tell I'd be excited about that. But you have some of the the, the all stars are coming. Chuck Joyner from the Mac Voices uh, po- podcast. Uh, Dave Hamilton from the Mac Observer and Mac Geek Ab. Uh, of course, Jody Spangler joining you yep. from Lakeshore Mac. Uh, We're going to continue our senior podcast. moments uh, theme. There you go. I can't wait to see that again. And of course, you're on right after me, so you better come watch me <laughs> this time. <laughs> I'll have to rehearse better. <laughs> uh, and yeah, uh, Allison Sheridan from the Nozilla no cast. I can't wait to see her. Uh, she she missed last year because uh, her daughter had a baby. So. But she she was a trooper and she still, she still showed, showed up, up yeah. in, in spirit. She she did a, a remote podcast and it was amazing. She's just a great uh, great job. I can't say enough about how great uh, Mike Potter and uh, Barry Falk putting together the Mac Mingle, uh, which is uh, going to be a great event afterwards. And uh, and I can't I can't I can't say enough about it. And I'm sure you can't either. <laughs> um, and uh, I'm going to say. Uh, with Mac Stock, we have a special coupon code. We can save you $30 if you go to the registration page, which will be linked on our show notes, and use the coupon code in touch with iOS. And like I said, you will save $30 off your ticket. It'll be any of the tickets that you uh, uh, that you cho- so choose because it's going to be two day, two full days. You can see, you can go to the uh, July 15th and July 16th. And uh, I can't say how much ex- I'm excited I am about yeah, it. Yeah, come see well, us. You could tell them how excited you are too. <laughs> I am so excited. <laughs> about I know it you're excited as well. I want everybody yes. to go check out our beautifully crafted, lovingly crafted show notes. Yes. Because I actually put links to this stuff. When you go and use, for example, Downcast or the podcast app, yep. whatever you choose, and you tap on our artwork, you will see the show notes. And if you scroll down through, you know, there's going to be links to all the articles that we talked about and. Uh, references for you and and apps that you might want to buy after or or download for free and at the bottom and at the top but at the bottom you will see a link to MacStock 2017 and in fact you can tap on our names and it'll take you to the page that shows what our talks are going to be about and what time and then there's even a link that takes you directly to where you can order your tickets and use that coupon code which is in touch with ios all one word don't put any spaces in there it's just in touch nope. with ios and you, it'll take you right to the page where you can order your tickets absolutely so with that i think we can wrap this biz puppy up you know, we talk about a lot you want to put a bow on this one um, any comments you want to make, uh, you want to contact us, you can You get on our blog. We have a website, intouchwithios.com, and Melissa did a great job of tweaking that website up, and we're continually evolving that. Yeah, it's, all, a great it's blog. always going to be a work in progress. It's like one of my Yeah, absolutely. That's what's, that's what's so fun about this. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And then uh, you also can make any comments. We do have a Facebook page on In Touch With iOS. Uh, you can reach out to me on Twitter at DaveG65. And Melissa, you're at the Mac Mommy. And, yep. uh, and we have an in touch with iOS tweet uh, Twitter. Yeah, we do have an in touch with iOS. We got to get we got to start getting some followers on that. Yeah, uh, you guys got to uh, help uh, us out with that, huh? Tell your friends. So go follow us on Twitter at at in touch with iOS. 
So with that, thanks for listening, and we hope you're more in touch with iOS after hearing this episode. Subscribe to our podcast in your favorite podcaster, and then, like I said, Downcast is my favorite, and there's plenty others. Um, you also can uh, look for us on iTunes, and uh, we also have uh, all the feeds available on our website. Uh, we look forward to bringing you more useful information in future episodes. I'm David Ginsberg. And I'm Melissa Davis. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.